Praise the name of the Lord. Welcome once again to another beautiful, wonderful live session of the Porters Gate online broadcast. My name is Isaiah Phillips Akintola. This morning, once again, we are going to push further into some of the beautiful concepts the Spirit of the Lord has allowed us to engage with as we continue to deal with the concept of soul food. Uh, this teaching has brought so much uh, um, ex exposure in terms of uh, bringing light and sight and understanding in dealing with the environment of our soul. We've been looking at this for a while because we felt this is a teaching that is required, that is necessary for the body of Christ, for individuals, and obviously the corporate church. If we're going to advance in the light of what the Spirit of the Lord is demanding and emphasizing for our day in terms of God's prophetic activity and all the realities that are demanded all right of of the church in order to represent you know the father his plans its purpose for us then uh, it's it's of necessity that we deal with these concepts that we look into the areas of our soul life the faculties that defines how we live life how we engage with uh, us life circumstance situations you know people events uh, and and one of the things the spirit of the lord has been emphasizing personally to me is that you cannot leave your soul the way it, may, uh, 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 it is you have to constantly continually engage the the, the 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 realities of how you live life from within thank you so much my dear sister this morning for connecting uh, uh, so we, we want to continue to look into this aspect because, like I said, when we start dealing with, with the areas of our soul, the environment of our, of our soul life, then we're dealing with one of the most powerful frontiers in the battles of the last day. Because uh, many of the things that we're seeing out there, either in the arena of politics, in, in the in the in the arena of uh, you know social culture the all the changes that are taking place all this emanates from within they all emanate from within us and therefore it is it is it is of necessity that we continually look into the environment of our inner life okay the battles are the battles are always within whatever battles we face whatever challenge whatever circumstance no matter how complex they look or they seem on the outward i can assure you they are from all right that realm of life that condition of life from within all right that we do not see <clears throat> as much as what we face on the outside affects all right uh, uh, you know what we finally believe or accept on the inside but at the end of the day all right whatever we see whatever we hear whatever we we taste whatever we feel amen has to do with how we process life from within and this is what we are dealing with all right and uh, because this is a very challenging aspect of human life so there's every tendency to either just you know deal with it on the surface level or we leave it all right i have seen a lot of you know, guys in the body of Christ, when we want to deal with the issue of soul, all right, we deal with it on that emotional level, all right, and and the, and and the, and and the emotion is very powerful because almost everything we do in life, amen, has its own you know sense of emotion, all right. If if we live in life and we don't have a sensory emotion, then we're almost like dead. Imagine living a life without. I once heard, in fact, I once heard that somebody. I'm not sure if it's on, on, on the telly, I watched this or I, I read it somewhere, but I heard there was somebody who, who was suffering from a sickness, a disease that, you know, has 
basically paralyze the feeling, you know, the feeling uh, sensory of this person. This person can't feel, can't feel at all. And I could remember thinking, what kind of a life would that be if you cannot feel anything? You know, so this person will have to be, you know, guarded every time. The parents are always around. I think she's, uh, I think she's a, she's a lady. So imagine that kind of a life. I mean, you imagine putting your hand on the fire. You can't feel it. And I mean, that's something that a lot of people were like, well, I think I would like that kind of a life. But I tell you, you won't want to live that kind of a life where you cannot feel. Because feeling is part of who we are as humans. All right? We can show empathy. We can show love. We, we, we wouldn't know the difference between true love all right, if there's no feeling. We won't, we won't be able to you know, you know, enjoy our food because then you can't taste the food. You know, all these things. So God has constructed and designed our life in such a way that looks so complex, but it's for our own good. He created us for us to enjoy ourselves as much as he created us, amen, to, to honor him, to glorify him. We're created for his own good pleasure. So God takes pleasure in, 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 in us and just looking at us. But not, not, not just that, he created us for us to have pleasure within ourselves and within our community. That's why humans, amen, you know, as a social being, humans are social beings. What makes us social is because we can we can relate, we can commune, we can we can touch, all right? We 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 can feel, all right? Our words carry emotion. Our, our touch carry emotion. Even our eyes looking at people without saying anything, it expresses emotion. Every aspect of our life, amen, is a reflection of emotion. So life without emotion is 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 totally you know, dead. But guess what? This emotion that God has given to us to, to advance our life, to better our life, to improve our life, right? to, to allow us to, to enjoy, to, to, you know, to, to express. You can't even talk about expressing joy in the presence of God if that sense of emotion is not there. Imagine worshiping God and you can't feel, you can't feel his presence. And I talk about feeling, I'm talking about spiritual feeling. A spiritual feeling that carries emotion. Yes, the fact that something is spiritual does not mean that that thing, you know, does not have emotion. Spirituality has emotion. <clears throat> Excuse me. So imagine living a life without that. That's completely, you know, uh, it, I mean, I can't imagine that. But, but, but you see, what, what, what the enemy has done, amen, is to pervert our emotion, is to pervert our feeling. And all this deals with, amen, the environment of, you know, our soul life, who we are on the inside. That aspect that makes us us. That aspect that makes me Isaiah Phillips. That thing that makes me unique. Yes, that, th that, those are the very things that the enemy or has, has sought to pervert. That, 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 that grace, that, you know, life that God has given to me, that autonomy that God has given to me to be me, that is what the enemy has sought to pervert. So it takes our emotion, it takes our feelings, it takes our faculties, it takes our desire, all those things. It corrupts it for his own, for his own you, know, you know, diabolic use. You know, he said, to, he said to Eve in the beginning, he said, did God say, that word itself carries an emotion. Did God say you must not eat of this fruit? I mean, that, 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 that was a turning point, all right, in the journey of man in relating with God. Another voice came and spoke to man in the garden. 
and spoke around and and disrupt and and almost seek to destroy everything that God designed man for. And that plan of the enemy has not ceased. The enemy has still I mean, is still destroying. The Bible says he, he, the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now we've got to understand his strategy when it comes to this area of stealing, killing, and destroying. We dealt with that or when we were looking at the concept of Jezebel. That, that, that order, that principle, that you know, strategy has not changed. He's still trying to destroy our emotion. He's still trying to steal things from us. He's still, he's still trying to do whatever he can to make sure that we don't live life to the fullness. First of all, one of the things I think we need to understand when we're dealing with things like this, all right, is to come to an understanding, an agreement, all right, that everything that God has given to us in terms of law, in terms of standard, in terms of values, are for our own good. We have to have that knowledge. We have to have that, you know, clear understanding that everything that God has designed for us, everything that God, amen, has kept for us, everything that God has told us not to do, not to touch, amen, not to, you know, not to commune with, not to connect to, amen, they are for our own good. The Bible says his plans for us, they are plans of good, amen, not of evil. There are no evil in God. So, so somebody says, why will God, why, you know, like the world today will say, but why will God give certain command? You shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that, you know? What kind of a God is that? That Well, is there any area of human life where there are no boundaries? Tell me that area of human, your own personal life. Let's remove God out of the order. What, what is it that you're doing in life that there are no boundaries, there are no laws? <clears throat> you're driving on the road, there are laws, all right? Somebody comes to your house, amen, to, maybe to stay two, three, four, you know, days, you know, a week, a month, you set boundaries. Even if you, you 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 don't open your mouth to tell the person, all right, but but you set boundaries. One of the things you do is, you know, you show the person where certain things are because those boundaries have been set in place. There are boundaries. As you continue to, you know, you you know, you raise a child, you give birth to a child, the child starts growing in the house. You start you start setting boundaries. Yes, because if you don't set boundaries, there'll be accident. Our boundaries are not designed, amen, to just hinder us from, you know, from, you know, from expressing liberty and, you know, and, and getting what we want. Boundaries are set for our own good. Imagine driving on a road without boundaries, without, you know, speed limits, without, you know, uh, where to overtake, where not to overtake. I mean, be, our road will be, will be, will be, will not just be chaotic, but there will be carnage on the road. You talk about destruction, there will be death. So God designed boundary. And the reason why God designed boundary, amen, is because man fell from glory. The moment man fell, the moment the enemy can, can say to man, oh, you, 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 you are not, you are, you are supposed to do this. God said you shouldn't do that. That's the very thing you, you should do. The moment God saw that, hey, this man cannot handle himself. If you cannot handle yourself, then you cannot handle the power that God has given to you. One of the reasons why God set boundaries in our life is because of that which he has invested in us. God does not want us to corrupt it. God does not want us to pervert it. God doesn't want us to destroy, amen, that which he has given unto us. There are, there are power lock, lock, lock on the inside of man. There are powers that are locked on the inside. If God never set boundary, guess what? Many of us by now would have, would have, been, would have been destroyed. I'm talking about self-destruction. We would have been destroyed. 
So God set boundaries. Now, I, I, I began to understand that in my work with God. And I began to realize there are reason why God set boundaries in my life. Certain things I said yesterday, certain things about your life, you will never know them. Because God doesn't want you to know them. You know why? Because that Bible says that dimension that he's kept, that is secret, amen, is for his glory. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. Amen. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. There are things that will happen to you that until you finally see the Lord, amen, before you finally get to understand the reason why that thing happened, you know, why that thing was taken from you or even why that thing was given to you and why they said, okay, this is how far you're going to go in this area. You know, so, so sometimes when I make statements like this, that there are no limits in our life except the one God places. People who are not spiritual and who cannot think deep, they will, they will, you know, they will, they will, they may challenge my statement because they feel, you know, because you, you hear this word, you can do anything you want to do. You can achieve anything you can achieve. Just look inward. Well, that sounds good, but that is, that is a statement that comes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That is a statement that comes from all right, the, the, the Eastern religio- religion. You can be anything you want to be. You can be anything you want to be that God has ordained for you. Life is to be lived within the framework of our divine purpose in life. Life is to be lived. The full reality, the fullness of your life is is defined, amen, within the framework of that which heaven has designed for you. You can't be anything you want to be. You only be all that God has designed you to be. Amen. The limitations of your life are within the framework, amen, of his plans for you. So if you don't know that plan, you will try to be everything, amen, and you end up becoming nothing. And that is the problem of the world today. All right? As it were in the days of Noah, so it is in the days, amen, that we live in. That today people want to do anything they want to do. Just like as it were in the days of Noah. They want to do whatever they want to do. The Bible says, the sons of God looked at the sons of men and they were fear in their eyes and they took for themselves wives. All right? People are doing all kinds of things today. They are coming with all kinds of laws. They're breaking the rules. They're breaking the boundaries that God has set, amen, for creation. They're breaking the boundaries. They're breaking the rules that God has set, amen, for husband and wife. Amen. They're breaking the rules. They're breaking boundaries that God has set for, you know, for, for climate, for, you know, for, for the world, amen, for, for the universe. They want people want to they want to achieve. Have you seen this 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 idea of we want to break boundaries? We want to break boundaries, we want to break boundaries, we want to move into new frontiers. There are realms that you will never be able to get into. We we, we forget that the earth still belongs to the to the Lord. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. <laughs> the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And the people that live in it, we forget that that in in our pursuance of trying to achieve and trying to, I mean, they tried it in in the Tower of Babel. Let's let's build a tower. That's the first time the humans come came together. That is the first point we begin to see the power, amen, of democracy. Let's come together, amen. We will we will we will, we will, we will build with, with with bricks. We will bounce bricks, amen, and we will build a tower to reach heaven. And God saw that these people, they would do whatever they want to do. As long as they can imagine it. Our imagination must be submit, amen, to the, to the divine order, to the divine authority. Your imagination should not be running wild. You know, yesterday, me and my children, were, they were asking me some questions. So I said, okay, let's, you know, my, my son was said, if he has money, if he has, you know, some money, he'll be able to do X, Y, Z. So one of the things he said, I mean, just imagine, you know, a child's imagination. 
I said, okay, if God gives you, because I was talking to them. In fact, I was sharing with them about how God provides for us. And we're dealing with the concept of money. So my son had this, you know, idea in his mind that he can ask God for money and, you know, God can just put it somewhere and then he can go there and take the money. <laughs> because yesterday we were in need of, you know, some money and somehow, somehow the Lord magically, miraculously, excuse me, not say magically, miraculously, all right, led me to a place where I'd forgotten, uh, you know, a particular amount that I have. So I went there. I said, wow. So I came out, you know, you know, with the money and I was just dancing, dancing around and said, guys, look look everybody was looking at me and laughing i said well god provide they said god how? so when, when i say god provide obviously my son immediately interpret that and said, so if you ask god for money he provides money for you so he, later he came to me and said so daddy you mean if i pray to god god can give me money i said yes but i knew it was I knew where I was going. I said, but not like that. It's not like God cannot just, you know, put money somewhere for you and go get it. I know God can do that. In fact, he's done that for me when I was in Bible school, 1990. I used to have this old jacket, you know. I don't know how God did it, but maybe he sent somebody to just put money there. But, you know, back in those days, it was quite challenging for me, you know. So whenever I pray and I'm in need, you know, a lunch break, you don't have money to buy anything. I just pray. I pray, oh God, help me. Back then, I could pray. I could pray storm. I could pray heaven down. And I just pray, and I'll go, I'll go back to that, my jacket. And I just put my hand there. And then there's, you know, there's, there's a note there. <laughs> and after a while, that thing stopped. You know? But I know these days, you've got, you have all those praying miracle money, miracle money. Well, I guess back then, that was a miracle money. But you see, I was open. I was genuine. I wasn't lazy. I was in school and I was, you know, doing my best, you know, and, and I, I didn't have provision. So, but God was my provider. So in some instance, yes, God can, you know, supernaturally, divinely, all right, provide for us. He can ask somebody to put money there. Why you don't see it? You don't need to know. God provide for you. I mean, sometimes you could make somebody drop the money on the floor and you look around. There's nobody. There's nobody there. All right. I mean, and who are you going to start asking? Who owns this money? God provide for you. That has happened to me. And it always happened in times where you have great need back in those days. All right. So yesterday, yeah, I went looking and I saw the money. I said, guys, okay, let's go. Let's go buy something. And, you know, everybody was happy. So my son later came back and said, daddy, are you saying are you, are you, God can actually provide money for you? I said, yes. But I tried to break it down. You know, imagine, just imagine the mind of a child. His, mind, his imagination is running wild at this moment. So I said, Samuel, but this is how God provides for you. First of all, you, 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 he gives you wisdom. He gives you understanding. All right. And he, you translate that into, you know, into favor. And, you know, you can do something. You can work for somebody. And then they pay you back and, and all that. I'm tr I, I, I'm, I'm, I was trying to be technical, but... So I just said, look, yes, God provide money for you. Because how do you start explaining? You know, there are certain things you cannot really communicate to a child. Because God provide, God provides. Finish. Don't give me all that. So then he said, he wished God can give him, I think he said a million, a million dollars. I can't remember what he said. So I said, okay, Samuel, if God gives you a million dollars, a million rand, what would you do with it? You see, and I, while I was looking, you know having a chat with him he has a sister also looking at me and i realized that 
this is this is the same way God deals with us. You know? We we come, we ask God for this big thing. <laughs> and then God asks you, if I give you this thing, what would you do? What do you want to do with this thing? Suddenly you realize that you're a child. <laughs> because what you're asking for, what you what you what you want that thing to do for you is too small comparing to the size of what you're asking God for. So I said, what would you do with this amount if God gave you? So he said, no, he's going to buy himself a red guitar. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's always had this thing about, you know, playing a guitar, you know. So he said, he's going to buy himself a red guitar. Then later he said, then I said, okay, a red guitar. Okay, that's fine. But Samuel, I need you to think very well. I need you to just think very well. Think. You've got to think. You know? What do you think you can do? So he said, no, then uh, he's going to buy himself a golden guitar. A gold, a gold guitar. So I said, okay, all right, okay, okay, stop. All right. So I said, now, what, we, what three of us are going to do is, we're going to close our eyes. Now, then I said, we're not going to close our eyes. But I want us to imagine, just imagine, all right? If God gives you this amount of money, what would you do? with it just use your imagination so i said okay one two three go let's go start imagining what would you do with this amount so after a period i said okay we're gonna stop after the count of five one two three four five we stop okay so what would you do so he said no he's gonna build a house he's gonna build a house it's, most time when he talked about this thing, he would tell you that no, he wants to build a he wants to build a big school. Then he said he's going to build a school. Thank you so much, Alex, for connecting. Then he said no, I'm going to build a school. I'm going to build a big school. You know? I said okay. So what's what's the next thing you you said you're going to do? I can't remember the two other things they said he's going to do. So the sister said no, she's going to buy cars for people. I said, what kind of people are you going to buy cars for? I mean, everybody's got a car. No, she said, no. She's going to buy a car for old people, people who are very old. She's going to give them cars so, so that the car can take them all right, to wherever they want to go. I said, that's fine. And then, then she said something else again. I, you know. But you see, after I challenged their imagination, obviously what then I began to talk about seemed a bit meaningful. And I'm asking myself, okay, so Isaiah, you, what are you imagining? Of course, I know what I want to do. With God gives me a million dollars. All right. But the point is, the point is, our imagination, all right, must be framed within the construct of God's plan. God, give, God gives us imagination and we can imagine anything. All right, we're dealing with soul food here, and I'm going to come to some things that I really want us to talk about this morning. But I just feel the Lord will have us just ventilate those concepts because many of us, amen, we've grown up, but we're still child on the inside. We're still childish on this inside. And there's nothing wrong with, with that. After all, we cannot enter the kingdom if we're not, amen, if we're not, that, if we're not reflecting that childlike faith. The Bible says, except we become like a child, we cannot enter. Imagine yourself standing before God. I mean, you'll be like my sons. I'll be like Simon, all right, saying, God, if you give me a million, a million dollars, I will buy myself a guitar. Because that's all you can imagine. 
You just imagine, amen, you standing before this almightiness of God. And he says, imagine what, what, you, what, what you want. I guess that's one of the things that actually flood God. When, when Solomon said, God said, ask me anything. God said, and, he, and Solomon said, I want wisdom. Imagine you standing before God. God said, ask me anything, anything, I'll give it to you. This is God here. Compare that to Eros' wife. Eros' wife, daughter. Hmm? Eros' daughter, let me just put it. Eros, what did I say? Eros' wife, daughter. Eros' daughter who danced before, you know, before, before him and, you know, and, and, and his guests. He danced. And, you know, back in those days when, 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 the, when the girl danced, you know, what they are looking at, all right, is how she could, you know, sexually arouse them. That's the idea, you know, behind the oriental dance back in those days. So you, 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 your dance must arouse the men. So it was a sexual dance. And the father says, all right, if you can dance, I'll give you up to the half. You know, if you dance, all right, I'll give you something. And, and she finished dancing and, and, and the father said, ask for anything you want. And this, this girl who had danced this erotic, ungodly dance could not imagine anything to ask. She went to the mother. And the mother said, ask for the head of the prophet, John. That's how powerful, that's how powerful, that's how they dread the ministry of John back in those days. That's just, by the way, but I felt I need to bring that in. That or a, a girl danced, you know, in her wildest imagination, there was nothing she could ask. And she, 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 she had to go ask the mom. My father said I should ask for anything. I don't know what to ask. Because you know why she didn't know what to ask? Because she already owns many of the things. I mean, she, she's, she, she, she's a princess. She, is, she, she was a princess. I mean, she, she had everything. She could, she could go anywhere. She, she could get anything she wants. She already had those things. So she's thinking, what else could I ask? It's, it's like God asking you, ask me anything. What else could I ask? Uh, he's given me all things already. I'm already a royal child. Amen. I'm a, I'm a king. Amen. I'm a son in the kingdom. What else could I ask? You know, when God asks you for anything, you better be careful what you ask. Because remember, all things are already yours. <laughs> all things are already yours. So what would, I, what would you be asking for? This is where you need the mind of Christ. So she went, instead of, you know, having the mind of Christ, you no, know, she went to the mom. The mom said, you, I, you ask your father for the head of the prophet John the Baptist. That's how dangerous the prophet is. And that's why a prophet cannot live within the context, all right, within the framework of societal, you know, uh, uh, you know, pleasures and you know, and and, and preference, you know. There's a general message, all right, that that you know that you preach. Everybody accepted. Everybody wants it, all right. It's fine. But when a and a true prophet prays, he preaches outside the boundary, amen, of the accepted standard of the day. And that's why we're dealing with things like this. If I have to be coming and telling you what you love, what you want to hear, then I'm, I'm, I've failed as a prophet. Then I've failed in my ministry. Mine is to raise the standard. Mine is to raise the standard of the world such that all right, the Herodians all right, I, 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 of this world will be looking for my head and say, we want the head of Isaiah Phillips. Yes, that is the standard. And this girl went and she asked. And that was it. So if you were to be asking, if God were to be asking, what do you want? What would you, what would you ask for? Imagination. Your imagination earlier is it, it, it's, 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 it's culture. 
is is defined excuse me is defined by the culture of the day the environment you live in affects how you think how you imagine and what you ask for amen the environment we live in all right the company the the, the community we belong in fact impacts how you see life how you see things what you want what you believe what you value that's why if you have to live your life, you have to live your life outside the context amen, of the environment that shaped the people of the world. You have to live your life outside amen, the, uh, the definitions, the ideologies, amen, the value standard amen, that defines the way people think, the way people see things. And I'm, I'm not just talking about people out there you call unbeliever. I'm even talking about even your Christian brothers and sisters. If you're not living outside that order, you see, when God began to take me on a journey, it took me out of, amen, my comfort zone. It took me out of, amen, that charismatic Pentecostal, you know, community that I grew up. He began to introduce me to people who, who could stretch my imagination earlier, who could bring me to a new frontier, amen, in the realities of God's counsel and purposes. And I began to think and I began to say, wow, there's a different dimension of life within this frame of existence called, amen, God's plan for my life. There are dimensions about your life that you have not even come into because you have been captured and you have been limited. You've been boxed within the framework, within the frame mind, within, amen, a circle of whoever defines your world. People ministering to your to your to your mind in terms of what you hear, what you see, amen. The messages you hear, amen. You know, every time you drive past those billboards, amen. If you're not living outside the advertisement, amen, you know, a, a, a community of, of your environment, if you're not living outside, amen, the, 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 the social media of your environment, if you're not living outside, amen, the context, amen, of the of you know of of of, of the preference and the values and the fashions of your world, if you're not living outside the trend what is trendy you see society lives on trend all right if you're not living outside that framework you will never be you'll never be able to track god and walk with amen that with the spirit of god because you see when the enemy wants to get us it gets us first through how we think what defines the framework amen, of our imagination Less God wants to do great things in your life, but you're asking for a guitar, all right? Because that's all you can see. That's all you can imagine until somebody else come and stretch, amen, your mind, your thoughts pattern and say, hey, there's a life beyond this realm. Are you getting what I'm sh sharing, friends? So, so my, my, I, I, had to, I had to stretch the imagination of my son and said, come on, you just imagine if God were to give you this amount. Now, sometimes God will have to help us, you know, Push us outside the boundary, amen, of, of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, amen, that we eat from. Come on. God will have to push us. God will have, God will have to shift us out of, amen, that little imagination, amen, of the world that we have come to accept as the definer, amen, of our engagement, of our belief. Many people will be shocked by the time they stand before the Lord. And the God says, look at all the things that you, you should have achieved. Look at all the things I planned for you. Look at all the things that I wanted for you to achieve in life, but you never fulfill them because you live your life within the framework, amen, of the world that defined, amen, how you grew up. So you never came into the full reality. You thought you had everything. <laughs> 
that that that, that would be the most you know the, the most painful thing we, you know then when we, we finally stand before the lord where you talk i've got everything i've got everything because i've got a nice big car you see while i was on earth i had three cars you know i have three houses i have three companies everything was fine for me and god said that was the beginning that was just the beginning point. But you allowed yourself to be benchmarked by what moved people. You, you were moved by the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. There were many things I had in plan. I had, you know, I stood for you. There are many things I wanted you to achieve for me. Outside the boundaries of your life. Outside the boundaries of your country. Outside the boundaries of your environment. There were things I wanted you to do for me in Japan. But you never even got a passport to travel out. There were things I wanted you to do for me in Iceland but you never went there because all you saw all you had amen was the people that limited you you were you were you were satisfied with your bmw you were satisfied with your mesdi car you were satisfied with that nice you know uh, uh, you know duplex you were satisfied by traveling to cape town to johannesburg and that was it you were just satisfied because you had it all you you are you, you are the local champion you know of, of your day people hail you people people looked at you as a success and you came to define yourself as a success in fact you were just beginning and you lived your life, amen, based on the walls, based on the ideologies your world has defined for you. We're talking about soul food. We're talking about stretching our life, amen, and bringing our, our life into the very reality of God's divine order for us. You see, so, so you know, blessing and success, amen, is relative. It's relative to God's plan for you. That's why you cannot look at somebody else's definition of blessing, amen, to define your life. Because blessing and success is relative, amen. You can only be successful within the context of God's plan for your life. You can't be successful outside God's purpose, outside God's plan, outside God's design for you. you your life is a divine order. Your life is a divine order reflecting an objective of the fulfillment of that order. So if I have to look at what God is doing in the life of Vusi, amen, to judge my own success, then I'll be a failure because Vusi is doing what God has called him to do and he's successful there. And everybody's looking at that success and like, wow, this guy, yes, yes, he's successful. But guess what? That is because that is the world God set for him. You have to find your own. You have to locate your own. But you see, all this thing cannot happen if your mind is still captured. You've got to understand the context that we're dealing with, all right? We're dealing with the concept of sanctification. We're dealing with the concept of sanctification here, all right? So, so we, and we're looking at sanctification beyond just, all right, uh, a periphery. We're looking at sanctification beyond our limited religious, you know, traditional, you know, uh, beliefs. We want to, we want God to stretch our mind. We want God to take us deeper. We want to come into the frame, amen, of what is called the mind of Christ, in, in the mind of Christ, amen, there are, there are, there are worlds there, amen, there are universe there. In the, in the mind of Christ, there are realms, there are, there are spheres, amen, there are heights, there are depths, okay, there are, there are widths, come on. There, 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 are, there are things that we need to apprehend, amen, and begin to understand within the context, amen, of what is called our inheritance. Yesterday, the Lord said to me, investing in the knowledge of Christ is the greatest asset to the 21st century church. Investing in the knowledge of the mind of Christ. A lot of us just quote it. We just quote it. Let this mind be in you. You have the mind of Christ. We just quote it. But what is the mind of Christ? 
What, is, what kind of a world is the mind of Christ? How do you get into that realm? You know, many of us, we chip in the word of God. We, 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 we reduce the, 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 the life, the authority, the power of the word of God because of how we what? We view the word. You see, many of us view the word of God based on how we process things, based on how we, 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 we look at things, based on how we view life. Amen. The word of God, amen, requires a different pattern of thinking to be able to even approach it in order to understand it. The Bible says this word is living. This, this is a word that is living. You know when something lives, it means it grows. <laughs> it means that thing grows. It, it lives, it grows. Whatever lives grows. You understand that from, from biology? Whatever lives grows. If it lives, if that thing, amen, lives, it has cells. If it has cells, it grows. If it has cells, it's got its own DNA. It grows. There's a DNA in this word. <laughs> That's why I said there's a difference between reading the scripture and reading Jesus Christ. Come on. The scripture leads you to Christ. He said, the word is written of me. He speaks of me. The Pharisee, they knew the Torah. They read the word, but they couldn't read Jesus Christ. They could not read Jesus, but they were reading the Torah every day. You see, if you, if you, if you go to Israel today, I, I believe this is still happening. All right, A six-year-old child, a six-year-old Jew, a true Jew, a six-year-old, understands the Torah. By the time that child amen, is 12, that child already knows the entire Torah. It's a law. No matter how, no matter the education of that child, no matter the education of the parents, all right, are giving that child. The, the child wants to be a chemist. The child wants to be, you know, a, a physicist. The child wants to be an engineer. The child wants to be God knows what. Whatever that child is learning, that child must understand, must know what they call the Torah. You must know the tentacles. You must know the, the books of the, of the New Testament, of the Old Testament. You must understand the book by heart and you should be able to quote them. But you see, having that understanding, which is good, does not mean that you have come to life. Jesus said to the, you know, to the Pharisee, he said, you search the word, but you're blind because you're not searching me. You think you're going to find truth. You think you're going to find life by searching the word. No, the word speaks of me. And a lot of people today, I'm sorry to say, the reason why they are still calling themselves Christian, they're going to church, but they're not changing, is because they are just reading the letter. And the scripture says the letter is going to kill you. The letter will make you, hallelujah, more miserable. The letter will make you more confused. The letter, you know, have you seen a lot of people today arguing on the letter? No, this, this thing was not supposed to be in the Bible. No, no, no. The, 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 if you check the Bible, no, no. The black people began in Egypt. No, no, no. They're forever arguing on peripheries. Why don't you get the life? Why don't you get Jesus Christ? Why don't you commune with the Christ, with the Christos? When you commune with Christ, you are brought into a different sphere, hallelujah, of exploration. You are brought into a different sphere, hallelujah, of, of adventure. You are brought into a different sphere, hallelujah, of knowledge. There is a knowledge that is in the mind of Christ that we have not even begun to touch. And it is, in, it is in that realm of knowledge that we can teach the senators, the, 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 the magicians of Egypt, wisdom. You, 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 you cannot, you, you look at certain 80s, some 80s, they know the scripture that if you decide to want to challenge them, they will floor your hands down. They will use the scripture to floor your hands down. So we have to understand what God is saying to us in this brand new day, friend. So many things I'm saying, I hope you're just catching, you're flowing with me and you, you're catching up with me. So many things. 
All right. So, so we want to deal with imagination. Our imagination must be sanctified. So I, I remember starting with, they, they came to a point, the Bible said they came to a, a plane and they said, let's build for ourselves a tower. Yes, I think that's where I started from before I stretch all this long. They said, let's build for ourselves a tower. want to reach God. You, can, you cannot reach God, amen, on your own preference, on your own standard. You cannot reach the things of God. You cannot reach the height of God. You cannot reach the mountain of God. You cannot reach Zion, hallelujah, by your own strength by your own acquired wisdom by your own acquired theology theology will never bring you amen into the day of the lord theology will never bring you into the mountain of the lord no it will not it will not theology will give you knowledge and that bible says that knowledge will puff off and that knowledge is a reflection of pride because that knowledge amen is acquired from the tree of the knowledge of good and of the tree of the from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You've got to understand that there were two trees in the garden. Men are still eating from that second tree. Amen. We want to find our way back to the tree of life. Because that is where amen, we, 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 we define life. And life is defined to us. For, for a long period of my life, I was eating from the tree. From the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. I had so much knowledge about the things of God. Because that was what I saw around me. People were boasting about how much they know of God, how much they know of the things of God. Back in those days, the, the, the charismatic church that I grew up from, I mean, if you, if you can display some, some knowledge and call it revelation, people will hail you. Uh, they will call you revelation. You know, you get excited. And, you know, that was really pumping me up, you know. Yes, until I collided with certain people who looked at what I was talking about like, what are you talking about? I thought I was still trying to impress them. And they made, you know, my knowledge look, my, my knowledge look like I'm nothing. And in a very nice way, in a very, you know, a, a humble way. And I had to go to God. <laughs> you say you you you're searching, you're searching, you're searching the letter. I remember back in those days, people would come and boast. All right? They can quote scripture. They just quote, people just quote scripture, quote and quote and quote, like, wow, that guy's got the word. Wow. But you look at his life. Is totally aberrant to the standard of God, to the things of God. So I decided back in those days, I'm not just going to be searching to want to, you know, acquire head knowledge about the God's word. That's good. But I'm going to meditate. If I can just take a phrase, if I can just take a line, if I can just take a scripture, I'm going to take that one. And if, if it's going to take me two weeks to take the life out of that scripture, amen, and make it part of my life, then it's fine. I rather know I rather know two three scriptures in the entire word and those words are life to me than to know the entire bible hallelujah and don't touch the life of it so it's not how much of the word of god you know it is how much of the life amen of the word that has imparted your life you will agree with me today that many things that we claim we know truly has not imparted the area of the you know the, the the area of life amen that those words listen to this every word in every word in the scripture are designed to impart an aspect an aspect of our life be it in our the area of marriage be it in the area of you know being a woman a man amen be it in the area of raising a child be it in the area amen of career you know starting a career be it in the area of managing amen your life or people around you be it in the area amen of going amen to to represent you know community 
every area, be it in the area of money, handling money, amen. What, 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 what has God said to me? What is God saying about my money? How do I handle money? How do I handle people's money? Come on. What, what has God said about handling people? How, how, what, what is God saying about my emotion, amen, about my sexuality? Uh, come on, friends. What is God saying, amen, about me being a man, me being a woman? Do we know those things? Many of the people today who are falling prey to, you know, one spirit of homosexual and they, they want to become lesbian. It's because they have not really, somebody has not taught them enough that, do you know God has, God has a voice in terms of your sexuality? That when you feel like you feel like uh, uh, you know I'm a man, when you know you're a girl, all right, that there is that there are scripture that speaks to those areas that the enemy can come and lie to you because of the environment, all right, that you live in, because of how you grew, because of something somebody did to you, that can change how you look at life, how you change, how you see yourself, how you look at even your sexuality. There are things that have happened to people, all right, that have changed how they look at in the, themselves in terms of their sexuality. Many, I can assure you. Many people today who are t desiring to change from, uh, you know, a girl to a boy is because of how they have been molested when they were when they were teenagers, when they were young, when they were toddler. Remember what we looked touch on yesterday. I mean, how can a man molest you? You go, you go rape a, a toddler. Now, what are you doing? You've destroyed the sexuality of that person. It will take insight and understanding, amen, to, to, to counsel that child. You know, not this crazy counseling, the, the government that's in their counseling. What kind of, what counsel do you give when you have no, you have no sight, you have no understanding, you have no in prophetic, you have no, you know, spiritual sight into the nature of God when it deals with sexuality. You just be telling the person, okay, sorry, you you be you be speaking to you know you know to the mind of the girl and all that and all that and all that do you think that is going to correct the damage you see why the church needs to be relevant because these are the areas the church amen should be able to go into when you talk about counsel we should have true spiritual counselors in the church because the holy spirit himself remember he's our counselor he counsels us, amen, and he brings us back to the order that God ordained for us. Many of us have made all kinds of damages in life. Yes, many of us today are reflections of the damage of, of how we grew up, of society. But when we truly go to God and allow the Spirit of God, amen, to, to walk in us through the people that he has equipped. That's why you look at many of the people. I'm sorry to say when I speak some of these things, it's like you're challenging men of God. But unfortunately, that's just the truth because, because they are the one that are supposed to be equipped. The Bible says it gave us this fivefold ministry for the equipping of the saints. Saints, listen to me, saints are not born. Saints are made. Saints are developed. That's why the Bible called them saints because they came from the world system. They become saints, amen, by being, by them being taught, by them being prepared, amen, by them being, you know, being, being built. What I'm doing, amen, I'm building you to become a saint. A saint is like you have never seen before. But you knew you grew up as a prostitute. But when you come to the church and you allow the process and the training of God into your heart, into your life, you become a saint. That doesn't mean that you'd never seen before. It doesn't mean that I'd never seen before. But I'm a saint. I'm not just a son. I'm a saint. All right. God defines and demands, amen, that we grow up, amen, to become a saint because saints become the bride. Saints become the bride of Christ. We're not just sons. We are saints and we will become, hallelujah, the bride. We are waiting, amen, for, him, for our husband to come. You've got to understand this principle, friends. So when people live in a society that is damaged and, and they become a casualty of that damaged reality, listen to this, they come to a conclusion and they say, well, this is who I am. 
and somebody believes that, then, then the parent believes it. Say, well, if that's how you feel, then that is fine. After all, this, the government also allows to be whatever we want to be. You destroy the life of a child because you never had insight. So the child doesn't want to play with girls again. Now wants to play with boys. Because somebody has violated that child. Particularly here in South Africa. It's an issue of insecurity that is drawing a lot of our young people amen, to, to, into this sexual perverted concept of existence. It is the issue of insecurity. The environment plays a major role amen, in, the con in the concept of our sexuality. Even though I'm not dealing with sexuality this morning. We were, we're dealing with the issue, amen, of, you know, of sanctification. Because the purpose of sanctification, amen, is to bring us into that process where we are cleansed, we are purified, and we are brought back to a, po a position where we can live life the way God ordained it for us. With joy. So any man of God that is not preaching sanctification is actually, you know, doing a, the people, amen, a, a, a great disarm. You're doing, you're doing damage to the, to the people because we live in a world amen, that is corrupt. You know, I was sharing some time back on the concept of feet washing. And, I mean, it's amazing how God brought this concept to my, to, my, to, my, you know, to my mind. I remember the first time I shared on this was with a friend of mine who is, who is late now, Robin. I said, Robin, you know what God shared with me this morning while he was driving me to power? I said, you know, the scripture said, Jesus said to Peter, I must wash your feet. And Peter said, no, Lord, I'm not going to allow you to wash my feet. Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, then you have no part in me. But guess what? Feet washing was already a tradition. Amen. It was already a tradition in the Jewish culture. That when you go out, amen, you come in, before you enter the house, you, you wash your feet. And, and the reason for that is because you gather dust. Back in those days, remember there are no, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, tired streets, you know, like we have. As much as some of those Roman roads, all right, were actually laid with bricks, and those some of those roads were quite, you know, quite, you know, uh, well constructed, well built. But the general notion is, you know, when you walk on the road, and it's not, in fact, it's not a notion. The, the general reality back in those days is, you know, you've got a lot of, uh, you know, cow dongs on the road, all kinds of things. So, and, and dust, so you gather feet. And the, one, of the, one, of, one, of, one of the heart amen, of the Jewish culture is, you know, you know cleanliness. Cleanliness. You have to be clean. You have to be pure. You have to be. In fact, we're gonna maybe sometime we, we're gonna deal with the the whole concept, amen, of the Jewish tradition as as it speaks, amen, to the substance and to the life that we have, amen, when we come to Christ. Remember everything that happened under the Old Testament, even in regards to some of the traditions, some of the ceremony, amen. They are a shadow reflecting a life we have in Christ Jesus. All right. So feet washing was part of the what was part of the ceremonial, you know, uh, reality. In fact, not just ceremonial, it was part of the day-to-day, -day, you know, life, life that, you know, uh, there are there are servants, all right? Back in those days if you are a rich, if you are a rich Jew, you know, there are servants, all right, that their 
their, their ministry is just to wash your feet when the master comes or, or where the master has got guests. All right, they just sit down. They sit down. It's all made nice. All right, you put your 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 feet on a on a kind of a bowl. All right, those servants go down, and what do they do? They just cleanse your feet. They know how to do it. That you know you, you don't splatter water all over the place. Your your feet is cleansed, and then you enter the house. You enter the house because when you enter the house back in those days, you don't wear shoe in the house. And the reason for that is, I mean, we, we can talk about so many reasons for that. But one of one of one of one of the reality, I mean, you're you're close to nature, I mean, you you but but part of that era is more like you, you, your feet get massaged. You you know, the, the blood flows when you when you walk barefooted, the, the you know, the blood in your body circulate properly. That's why you need to sometimes walk barefoot. You know, you need to try oh, forever wearing shoe all over the place. No, remove the shoe. Sometimes I do it. I remove the shoe. I walk barefoot. You know, like, you? Yeah, that's what's going to kill you. The disease will kill you because your blood is not flowing properly. It comes just common sense. But you know, let's go back to what I'm talking about. So you you wash the you wash somebody's foot to remove the dust, to remove the dust. So Jesus said to to Peter. I need to wash your feet. So, so the Bible says he, 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 got, he got himself a water. He got himself amen, you know, a, a tower. He got himself and he began. And Peter said, no, I'm not going to. Jesus said, no, I need to wash your feet. Because there is something I'm trying to teach you here. Everything you see in the natural, first the natural, then the spiritual. Everything you see in the natural has a spiritual consequence, has a spiritual connotation, as is symbolic of something in the spirit realm. Because the spirit realm, listen to this, is an organized world. A lot of people think the spirit realm is just floating, you know, floating. <laughs> this is just floating. There are order in the spirit realm. There are structure in the spirit realm. There are government in the spirit realm. Then the Bible talk about, you know, God sitting on a throne. Yet that dimension of throne that God is sitting on, amen, is in the spirit realm. The fact that you cannot see does not mean that it's not real. The fact that you cannot see does not mean that it's not a substance. After all, whatever you see today, amen, as a substance that is so driving our life, amen, came from and God said. Where did and God said come from? The, and God said came from him. God is a spirit. Everything you have, you see around you, hallelujah, has a fingerprint, has a DNA of God. No matter how you recycle and refine them, hallelujah. No, all substance, amen, has amen, a, 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 a reality of matter. Matter came from God. God said, God spoke matter into being. Everything around you has a reflection, a symbol, amen, a power, hallelujah, a dimension of the other realm. And some people in, in, who are doing quantum physics today are, tap, are tapping spiritual realm through physics. Friends, let's wake up. Let's understand the world God has called us to live into. You live in a spiritual world that the devil wants you, amen, to believe is just material. There is nothing materialistic about the world we live in. Everything about our world, amen, is a spiritual reflection, amen, of a God, amen, who is in control. I said it yesterday that God is still in charge. God is still on the throne. He is still in charge of this world. And that's why the devil wants to pervert it. And that's why God will, excuse me, the devil will continue to use man to destroy. So Jesus said to Peter, I need to wash your feet. What was the lesson? Every time you walk on the road, you walk on the street, amen. You contact, you contact, you make contact, hallelujah, with the earth. 
Every time you walk on the road, you make contact with the dust. You make contact with the Adamic nature of man. Come on. Did, 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 did man not come from the dust? Yes. Every time you walk, amen. And that was a dog that was not shaped by God. I hope you understand that. Yes, you may say, but I'm also shaped by, by, by you know, by, by the dust. Yes, I was shaped by the dust. <laughs> Man breathed into that, into that dust, into that, you know, clay, and it became a living being. Yes, but that was because God shaped that thing with his hand. All right. So whatever God shaped in his hand carries, amen, a divine order, a divine, a divine structure, a divine government of God. And that's why till today your body does what God has ordained it to do. But that's different from the dust. That's different from the Adama, the, the, you know, the carnality, the fallen Adamic nature. So every time you walk on the, on, on the earth, amen, you, 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 con you contact, you contact, amen, fleshy carnal, you know, tendencies. Maybe carnal people, yes. You know what I'm talking about? There are people you meet every day of your life. Amen. Some people in your workplace, they're very carnal. They're very soulish. All right. Some of them are the very definition, amen, of the presence of the devil because they've sold themselves to, you know, they're sold to the devil. So nothing good come out of their mouth. There is nothing you do that is ever good. There is nothing that you say, all right, that they'll be thankful for. They're forever looking for your downfall. They're all over the place. But are we supposed to run away from them? No. We're supposed to engage them. We're supposed to engage the earth. We're supposed to engage the flesh. And that's why the Bible says we need to what daily renew our mind. Because you'll be you you you'll be you'll be contacting all kinds of you know all kinds of images, all kinds of waves, all kinds of ideas that are contrary. You wake up one day, you're feeling lustful. You wonder where did where did the spirit of lust came from? You don't have to feel lustful for the spirit of lust, amen. To, to, to you know to suggest loss to you you just need to uh, get kick it off your mind huh? that's not me <laughs> get, get get behind me you understand yes and this is what jesus was saying to peter the more you walk on the earth amen the more your your feet is going to gather dust and i need to wash that and and i'm i'm showing you this as a pattern of living your life you need to amen daily allow the word of god to cleanse you to wash your feet because listen to this your feet is the point of contact amen to the earth if you want to take dominion you must learn feet washing Feet washing is not some, you know, some religious thing. You know, some pastors come and say, let's bring bowl. You know, we're doing feet washing. Stop that nonsense. We're talking about something that is very prophetic. Something, amen, that speaks into, hallelujah, your authority in the earth. We're talking about, you see, when you reduce the things of the spirit to ceremony, you lose the power. Unfortunately, this is what the devil is doing. It reduces the things of the spirit. It reduces it to ceremony. One crazy pastor back there in Nigeria who is a bishop today. Every month he has what they call feet washing. And you know, the more feet washing they do, the more money they do. I'm going to wash, you know, the, the, the got one, you know, sin out of your life. I'm going to wash, you know. And you know, the bigger the people that come for feet washing, the bigger the money. Come on, come on. What's wrong with the church? Jesus, Jesus did that as, as a symbolic gesture. Amen. To, to, to speak, you know, to, 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 to Peter. Because Peter was going to do something. Peter was going to represent something, amen, in the advancement of the church. All right? 
So after Jesus began to explain to Peter, Peter said, no, 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 Jesus, I don't just want you to wash my feet. I want you to wash my entire body. Jesus said, no, you don't, you don't still understand. I'm not talking about washing you. I'm talking about, you know, a, a symbolic gesture. I'm dealing with something that deals with, amen, your, your, your contact, amen, with carnal nature, with sinful nature. Your body, the Bible says, he who has had the bath is cleansed. I'm not talking about birth in you. I'm talking about something that deals with how you conquer on earth how you live your life in victory continual victory listen to this nobody go out and come back and get tired to wash there are people there are servants you must have servants within your lifestyle amen that can wash your feet every time you go out every time you have a contact you have you know communication with society every time you you engage the media world the the, the social media you need to wash your feet because i tell you there are certain things you're gonna see there are crazy people on the media world some of our sisters the pictures they paint they, they show on you know on, on 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 social media they put on facebook some of them the what they wear you ask yourself are these born again are this sister half of their breast is showing half of their body is showing and they tell you they're christians they're going to church you see when you watch such people you need to do what you need to wash you need to go cleanse yourself less the thought less the image you see in the name of god in the name of church in the name of christianity stick to your mind and you allow one crazy devil to begin to minister lost into your mind. You remove that crazy picture. This is the world we live in. We live in a world where people all right, want to get you down. We live in a world where people want to get you down. We live in a world where people want to get you down. Listen, the devil will bring you down if you are not earlier tracking with God. If you are not walking in the renewedness of your mind, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Jesus will get up in the morning. You think Jesus, amen, every time he gets up to pray, it's just about, oh God, yes, I need this. No, it's about, amen, cleansing himself. It's about purifying his life because everything Jesus did, amen, on earth is an image, is a picture of how we ought to live our life. That you do, you do not get up in the morning. I, you just get into your car, whatever you, you know, you, you, you do, you know, and get to get going. No, when you get up in the day, in the morning, the first thing you do is to commit your life. You commit your way commit your day to god that's how your day begins that goes a long way to keep you from all kinds of unnecessary battle when you get up in the morning and you commit your ways you commit your day to god i tell you that that save you from unnecessary battle unnecessary anger unnecessary you know you know envy all kinds of crazy things that happen you know in the day it, it, it saves you it protects you it guides you my eye will not behold iniquity. David said, it was Job that said, all right, he said, I have set the Lord, excuse me, David said, I have set the Lord before my face. You set the Lord before your face. Job said, I have made a covenant with my eye not to look at a woman lustfully. I have set a covenant with my eye. Perversion and wickedness, loss is destroying our generation. And not just lost after women, we lost after everything. We lost after the, you just drive past, amen, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, a deep fry, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know, hitry, you know, it could, it could be, you know, could be a, what they call it now, KFC or whatever. You, 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 you never had in, intention to have KFC, but you're driving past, just the smell, that thing drags you back. You, you make a quick return. You make, you, you, you quickly go through the, uh, the drive through or whatever you do. You never had the desire. 
You need to learn to discipline yourself. In the days we're living, if you cannot discipline yourself, then you cannot live a successful Christian life. You need to learn to take your eyes off things. You need to, you need to learn to go to shop, amen, and shop for only the things that you need and not buy everything around and not like, oh, you see, you want it. You see, you want it. No. Why? why? You, friends, it's time. And when you go to shop, don't let your children, you know, start giving you that tantrum. Oh, mommy, I want this. Mommy, I want that. No, that's how I train my children. My daughter, oh, we go, she wants this, she wants that. I said, no, Jemima, no, no, no. You can't have it, unfortunately. When we go to shop, amen, we buy what we need and we go. And that took a while. It took a while, yes. Because, I mean, they're just children. But you have to train them. You have to teach them. No, no, you cannot just point at things and you want it. It doesn't work like that. If you allow your children to grow like that or you, you've grown like that, listen to this. That impacts how you live your world. You see, how we, how, we, how we train our children, amen, will define, will shape their future. Because I'm ch training my children, you know, about life, about discipline, about keeping your money. Now she's got, you know, my daughter's got, you know, this, you know, you know, those uh, 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 pig uh, uh, bank. Yes. You put your money there. You're teaching your children what money, the value of money. Put your money there. That five rand that uncle gave you, that ten rand, all right? You put your money, that one that daddy gave you, go put it there. All right? <laughs> and I tell you, there have been times in the house where we had nothing. And, you know, I was tempted. Oh, can we just go get Jemima's money and just use it? <laughs> and I have to caution myself and say, no, we're not going to do that. That money doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to her and she's keeping it. That's how we train discipline. The world we live in today are full of indisciplined people. And that's why we fall for everything. Listen to this. If somebody can bribe you, it means you are not spiritually disciplined. A lot of people today will say, oh, do you, see, you see them in government in position. But they can't say no. They don't know how to say no. If you as a Christian don't know how to say no, Life is not about saying yes, no. You got to learn how to say no to things, no to people, and not feel guilty. I read a book by Lester, no, not Lester Sumner, no. Robert Leiden. Robert Leiden. Years ago, years ago, I read this book, How to Say No and Not Feel Guilty. This guy wrote this book years ago. I'm talking about close to 22, maybe 25 years ago. One of those, you know, not too voluminous book, a small book. Power packed. How to say no and not feel guilty. Because we live in a world where people don't know how to say no again. Oh, I don't want to hurt somebody. I don't want to feel... No, come on. You don't want to hurt somebody, but you're hurting yourself. Listen to this. You never agree to what you know. It's not going to, you know, uh, it doesn't suit you. It's not going to pay you. No, don't agree to it. You know, you must learn to tell people, I'm sorry, I cannot. I wish I can, but I, I cannot. Don't put yourself under a pressure. Amen. Of doing things or promising people to do something that you know. I used to know people like that. They will promise you heaven and earth. No, I will. Ah, no, no, I will be there. I will come. No, no, I will support. No, no, no. <laughs> I learned by, you know, in a, in a very hard way. Not to trust people like that again. But also, I also learned that, listen to this. One way you can live your life free is to be able to say no to things, no to people. Saying no to people doesn't mean that you don't like them. It just means that you're not in the position to do it. 
If I'm in the position to do something, you don't even need to ask me before I do it. I'll do it. I don't wait for people to ask me. Once I know this person needs something, once I know this person needs my help, I'll go out of my way to do it. I don't need people to wait. I don't need, I don't need you to come to me. But guess what? If I cannot do it, I will tell you politely, I'm sorry, I cannot. Doesn't, doesn't reduce who you are. So, so you see, we're tracking so many things. Because we have to know how to live life to the fullness. Don't let nobody cajole you. Don't let nobody manipulate you. Don't let nothing. Don't let, don't let your eye. Don't let your passion, your desire. Sometimes anger. Anger can make you do things. Oh, come on. It's, is it not anger that, that took you know, the, 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 the position of, of Esau? He sold his birthright amen, for just you know, a pot of meal. That's somebody that doesn't understand his values, doesn't understand his position, doesn't understand what God amen, ordained for him as a firstborn. Sometimes, all right, because we trivialize spiritual things, all right, we give into the soul. You see, that guy was a soulish guy. He looked at his temporal position. He looked at his temporal need, all right, and, 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 and he sold his eternal position. He sold his position of, of authority and power. He sold, hallelujah, that which was supposed to be the most important thing in his life. So you can have my, you, you, who, needs, who, who needs the position of a firstborn when I'm hungry? When I'm hungry? When I'm hungry? How many things have you done because you find yourself in a difficult situation? How many compromise, amen, have you accepted because you find yourself in a difficult position? You've got to learn how to manage. You've got to learn how to walk your way around, hallelujah, needs, around, you know, difficult times. Paul said, I know how to abound. I've learned to abound and abase myself. There are days, there are seasons of, of your life, amen, where you will have to abase yourself. Unfortunately, the kind of teachings we're teaching people today, uh -huh, to abase themselves is like a curse. No, 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 no. God, that's not the portion of God for me. No, I am the first. I will always be the head and not the tail. Listen, friends, we've got to learn to balance the scripture. There will be times in your life where you will have to be a tail, even though you're a head. Yes. Bible says he who wants to be the, the leader of all, amen, the leader of all must be the what? The servant of all. That's been tail. <laughs> the servant of all. You must learn to be the servant of all. He who cannot serve cannot lead. Leadership is servanthood. Leadership is servanthood. Leadership, amen, is leading from the back. Sometimes we think leadership is being visible in the front. In most cases, leadership is leading from the back. A true leader will lead from the back. Have you noticed that the true concept of leadership, in fact, in the house, you don't see it? Because the Bible says the church is built upon, upon the foundation of the apostles all right, and the prophet and Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. How do you see amen, such a foundation? You don't see it, but you feel the government. You feel the presence. You feel the power of God at home. So in a church where it's one man that you're seeing, is, I'm the apostle. He's always there. I can assure you something is wrong with that order. The church is built upon. It's built upon. Are you getting this, friends? The things that we're supposed to even, that I wanted to really touch this morning, we, 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 didn't, we, didn't, we didn't touch those things. But I think this is what God wants us to hear this morning. Tomorrow, hopefully, we'll continue to deal with, all right, this issue of, you know, sanctification. All right? We've looked at the 
concept of our imagination. Our imagination needs to be sanctified. Maybe before we go, let me just read a scripture. One scripture. You know when I say one scripture? <laughs> that one scripture can mean so many things. But let's look at the scripture quickly. Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we'll take it from verse 22, uh, 22. Then we'll go to 23. Abstain from every form of evil. Now the key word here is form. That's the key word here. You see, when you're reading scripture, look for the key text. Look for the main highlight. That's how to read scripture. All right? Look for the main words. All right? Don't just read everything and you try to explain everything. You've got to first, first of all, look for the key word. Abstain from every form of evil. The, listen to this. The, 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 the highlight is not the evil. It's the form. Every form of evil. They say abstain from every, every shape. Every form. You know, sometimes, uh, <laughs> well, oh, but I don't see nothing wrong with this. But you need to look for the form. Because evil come in different shape. Evil, they come in different form. They come in different, you know, uh, 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 styles. I see a lot of evil today on social media. Like I said, I will continue to talk about it. Our sisters are not, are not doing well with their dressing. Let's, let's stop dressing. Let's stop. And I know it's a culture thing. Because we, we live in South Africa. All right? And we, 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 we're almost like the West. But can you see what is going on in the West today? Can we see that that order, that value of life is coming down? Where people can dress anyhow. You, you, you dress and you, you, your body, the, the, the cloth itself is not covering you. It's like you're the one covering the cloth. And I don't mind the world system. I'm not talking about the world system. I'm talking about those who claim to be Christians, who claim to be children of God. You are causing someone else to fall. Not just, not just brothers alone. There are sisters today all right, who are also getting perverted, who are also becoming lesbians because they're looking at that sister. And that spirit is patching all around, patching all around, is weakening the church. All right? And this thing speaks. We can connect all the dots. It speaks to why there is so much sexual perversion in the church. In this nation of South Africa. This is one of the most sexually active nations in the world. And it's destroying the destiny of our children. Look at, look at the statistics of the pregnant children. Preg pregnant girls in schools. A 14-year-old boy, the last time I was reading, it was last year, a 14-year-old boy, pregnant three, three girls, 14-year-old. How do you begin to handle that? Come on, let, let's bring some sanity into our life. Every form of evil. So you, you need to ask yourself, why you're dressing this morning, you're going to church or wherever you're going, ask yourself, this cloth will Christ be glorified in my dressing? In fact, those are things I want to be talking about on Facebook. Will Christ be glorified in the way I'm looking? Will my dressing cause somebody to fall? In fact, or am I dressing to cause somebody to fall? Remember the Bible says, if what you're going to eat will cause somebody to fall. It said, for the, for the sake of that person, it said, don't eat the meat. So if, if this is a principle the Lord is establishing for us, why, why can't we apply it into even the way we dress? 
A lot of people that have gone into relationship, not because they were steered into the relationship, but because of what they saw. And if you go into a relationship based on how you look at a woman or based on how you look at a man, listen to this, you're going to have trouble. Because listen, what you see are not always the reality. All right. Any person, listen to this, any woman who chippings herself, who exposes her body just for, to get attraction, tells you something, that person is insecure, that person has no honor or respect for herself, and that person has no respect for other people. It is, uh, it is prostitute, what we know, that dress in a vulgar way, the dress in a way to, to attract customer. What customer are you looking for in the church? Come on, bring some sanity. You, you, you may be here listening to me. Maybe it's your ministry to begin to talk to your sisters. All the women listening to me this morning, it is your responsibility to start talking to our sisters, to change how they dress, to change how they look. Because listen to this, your body is your temple. Is that, excuse me, it's a temple of God. And the Bible says, he would destroy this temple, God would destroy. I hope you, that's scripture. He would destroy this temple, God would destroy such a person. So let's not live our life as if it's our right. I know you live in a, in a society that says you're right. You can do whatever you want to do. But listen to this. For everything you do, there's a consequence. There's a repercussion. We will all answer for amen, our lifestyle. We will answer for the things. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Listen to this. If some ungodly thought comes to your mind and you don't deal with it, and that thought becomes a substance, a reality, listen to this. You will pay for it. Because we will be judged by everything, every action. We will be judged by every action. Yes. The Bible says, let not a carnal person think. Let not a carnal person think. Amen. It will receive a double-minded person. Re receive anything from, you know, from, 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 you know, from Christ. And the Bible says, amen. You know, the carnal nature will not inherit the kingdom of God. The fleshy, carnal human nature will not. If you live your life in carnality, you are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. You can talk about it. You can go to a place where they talk about it. Amen. You can write about it. You can sing about it. You can do whatever about it. But listen to this. You are not going to enter the kingdom of God. There's a, there are two different things. I read a statement not too long ago that hit my spirit. This person said, you cannot talk about the kingdom that you are not in. And that hit me. You can't talk about the kingdom that you are not in. So a lot of people, we're talking and we're describing, we're talking about the kingdom. But we, 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 have not, we have not even experienced the kingdom life. No wonder we can talk about the kingdom, but we're reflecting something different. Come on. You don't have to like what I'm talking about. That is why this is a prophetic you know, platform. We preach, we talk, we teach truth here. Nothing but the truth. No holds back. Come on. We, 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 we hit, amen, without gloves. We hit hard in this platform. So we want a people that will be separated, set aside for the use of the Father. There are vessels that we want to prepare. As I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself. Come on. There are vessels that we want to prepare for the use of God in this last day. Call worthy vessels, vessels of honor. Vessels of honor. That is what we want to present to our Father in this last day. Not any kind of vessel. You know, you know, in any generation, God will use anybody. God will use anything. Do you know that God is still using the devil? 
Do you know God is still using Satan? Yes, God will use Satan to bring his will to pass. God will use Satan to buffet you. God will use Satan to, you know, to, you know, to, to, to train you, to, you know, to, you know, to tempt you. Yes, God will use Satan to do whatever. Because at the end of the day, everything that God has created, amen, is for when Satan thought he was rebelling, he didn't know that he was rebelling against, against the creator. So even in a state of rebellion, God is still using him. No wonder God said, we have given Paul, we give you, amen, an enemy called Satan. Amen. A messenger of Satan. Read the scripture. A messenger of Satan to what? To buffet you for the much revelation that is given to you. Now, what, what, what doct doctrinal order are you going to put that in the church? <laughs> that, that an enemy of Satan, you know? <laughs> I mean, a messenger of Satan was given to Paul. So you thought, oh, all these challenges that Paul was going through is because he had enemy in his life. No, God himself placed that, you know, that challenge there to keep Paul in, in engaging that which matters in his life. You understand this, friends? Everything around you is an instrument. So why don't you be, amen, the best instrument in the hand of God? I want to be the best instrument in the hand of my Father. I want God to use me for His glory. Use me for His glory. Not to use me and discard me. There are certain vessels God will use. Even Babylon. God said, I raised Babylon. Amen. Babylon who have no regard for gold nor silver. I'm going to raise them. Amen. Israel to deal with you, to punish you. God raised the Assyrians, amen, to, to judge the Israelites. God raised Egypt, hallelujah, to judge his people. Listen, friends, we've got to understand there are no devils nowhere except the one, amen, you want God to create for you. So stop living your life the, the way you want to live it. Live your life in accordance to a divine standard that God can use you for his own glory. And when he finishes using you, he puts you back into that concept. I say, that is called vessels of honor. When guests come into your house, you know the kind of plates, you know the kind of cups you use, you know, you know how you prepare, you know the kind of dishes, amen, you, you, you know, you use in, 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 in preparing food, all right? And you know the kind of, you know, vessels and cups you use generally every day. That's the idea. When special guests come, there are special, you know, pots and, you know, and plates, at least that's how we do it back in our place. And I know many countries, I don't know if that's the same way they do it here. All right? we, because we honor those guests. So we bring vessels that are, that are honorable. You know? These days, I don't think people you understand that principle again. Because guests come to your house, you just use the same plate that you use every day. No. You see? We, all the sense of honor and dignity and, you know, and godly tradition, we've thrown them away. No, back in those days, you see, you know, the mothers, they've got those plates in the cupboard stacked up there. Nobody touches it. No, you don't touch it. No, you leave it there. <laughs> Wait for that special guest. That special guest, come. They bring everything down. Yes, they tell you, be careful. Be careful. Don't let it break. I could still remember. Yes. That's the image God is showing us. Vessels of honor. When he comes, he uses us for his glory. Come on, friends. It's time to live our life for his good pleasure. Don't just be any kind of vessel out there making noise. In the name of, I'm also called of God. Don't you hear people say today, I'm also called. We are all called. Yes, we are all called. But guess what? Even in the calling, there are rankings. 
in the order of our calling there are rankings in the prophetic there are rankings in the apostolic ministry there are rankings in the concept of eldership there are still rankings yes Peter James and John when they all finished the Bible says them then then James stood up the elders of them all and he spoke and his word was the final read Acts chapter 15 among first among equal in the things of God there are rankings there are honor don't live your life in dishonor and don't dishonor amen those whom God has honored what I'm giving you today is a word of honor it's a word of honor if you show honor you will be honored if you honor God God will honor you that's what the scripture says it says if you honor me I will honor you Let's honor God. The things of God. Our life must be sacred to God. Don't live your life as if it belongs to you. It doesn't belong to you. The world wants you to think your life belongs to you. No. It belongs to him. And he wants to use you. And it's my duty to teach you. To show you. To express. Amen. To you. How God. Amen. Can prepare you. Or even how he's preparing you. To use you. Some of us. We are still in the process of being prepared. Some people right now, they've said, Lord, God, I'm tired of this process. Now, I just want to be used. Use me. Use me. Okay? I'll use you. But they will use you in that 30-fold. So you're doing, you're doing good things for God. It's fine. But guess what? There are, there are realms. There are things in the spirit that you will not be able to touch. Because you have said, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this process. I don't want to go beyond this process again. No, Lord. You see, me, God is still using me because I'm still going through process. Yes, I'm still being processed. Because I know there are ministry awaiting me. I told you some time ago, my friend, before he died, he said to me, he said, you know what? God is preparing you for the millennial reign of Christ. So you see what you're going through right now as a process of preparation. Don't you come to that position where you think you've arrived. Even in your prophetic grace and giftings. So you see, my eyes is beyond this present state of world. My eyes is beyond this present. There is no way you take me on earth to do ministry that will be that will, that will be satisfactory to me. That will say yes, ha! I have preached. So, you know, some people when 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 they are introducing them, they say he's an international minister. He's, 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 he travels, you know, uh, across the world. He's he's been to he's done ministry in Korea, you know, in in Australia, in India. He just arrived. He just came back, you know two days ago from uh, from Italy he will be going to you know Nigeria to do another ministry and we see all that thing all right to steer the heart of the people wow you can't wow me by you know how far you've gone there is a ministry called the millennial reign that is the heart of true ministry cities will be given to people in that order friends no matter what you've achieved, see it as nothing. See it as a stepping stone to the next reality. Hallelujah. Hashed in humility. Our achievement should never bring us to a point where we think we have arrived. Where some devil now starts speaking to you. Just start building. Start building a permanent site. Build around what you have achieved. Whatever you have achieved, come on, is past. We've, we have to continue to seek for that city. Whose builder and maker is God. A city with foundation. Twelve foundations. <laughs> that is how solid this city is, friends. That's where we're going. At least that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. And that's where my heart is. And therefore, down here, as I continue to train and touch life and impart life, 
I've, I've not arrived. I have not arrived. There are still many lands to cover. There are still many scriptures, hallelujah, to break, you know, its seal, to understand what the Father, don't you understand? These are the days of the breaking of the seal. You've been reading scriptures that are sealed. <laughs> We're in a day where heaven is breaking the seal. These are the days of Daniel. They're breaking the seal. So as they break the seal, woo, you come into a dimension of new truth. You say, wow, I never saw that. Yes, because they are breaking the seal. They break. We've been reading sealed scripture. It says, seal it until the appointed time. And today they are breaking the seal of the word. And they are bringing us, ushering us into new realms, into new realities in the mind of Christ. We're coming into new dimension. Why? The more we sanctify ourselves, the more we sanctify our mind, the more we stay away. We stay away from every constant from every form of iniquity from every form of sin the more we enter into don't you understand i i, I told us yesterday amen the purity amen is one of the greatest you know uh, uh, instruments we need to access the things of god the pure in heart will see god purity is not just abstaining from sin it's not just abstaining from you know carnality and perversion no no purity is not about sin purity is about accessing god the more pure you are the more you 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 access there are dimensions in the prophetic they will never take you into they will never bring across you won't even smell it you wouldn't know it's there if you're not engaging with the heart of purity and purity means, amen, there are no agenda. Listen to this. The definition of purity that we must attain is, listen to this. I know you will say it's Christ, yes. But let's, 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 let's define what that Christ means. No spot, no wrinkle, no blemish. No spot, no wrinkle, no blemish. That's, that's the realm. You, so that should be the standard, the yastic. When you wake up in the in the morning, Father, I thank you this day. Every spot, every wrinkle, every blemish in my life, Lord, I present myself to you to remove them. Yes. You, you keep doing that. So when you come to this order, when it's abstain from every form of evil, every form of evil means destruction. Amen. Evil means to, you know, to, to think of putting a stumbling block or arming somebody. All right, that's evil. You put a stumble or you harm somebody, or you're thinking hell of somebody else. You're thinking of, you know, how to punish somebody else. You're thinking of how to cause damage to somebody else's life. That's evil. That's the definition of evil in a world today where they're authoring de definitions. And I wonder what they're going to be calling evil today. Abstain from every form of evil. So if if your life, if your attitude, your character, your dressing, your behavior, will cause somebody else, amen, to to to, to fall. To sleep, there is evil. What do you do? He said, abstain from it. Verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify. May the God of peace himself, God of peace. There cannot be peace in the world without amen, the presence of the God of peace. Peace is housed by a being called God, our Father. But the God of peace himself do what sanctify. So you see, where there is sanctification, there's peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen? In the Holy Spirit, where there is sanctification, there's the sanctification. Peace is the product of sanctification. Now may the God of peace himself, himself, sanctify you completely. 
completely. So there can be a sanctification that is not complete. Oh, come on, friends. We're going to pick this up tomorrow. All right? May the God, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your entire spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Remember, I told us, no spot, no wrinkle, no blemish. Father, we thank you this morning. We're going to pick up from here tomorrow, hopefully by your, by your grace. Your word, may it continue to wash us, to cleanse us. Because this is what you are pointing at. This is what you are talking about. This is what you are dealing with. When we have sanctified people begin to walk the street, begin to walk in community, we begin to sanctify the community. Just our lifestyle, our thought pattern begins to cleanse the world. Father, we thank you this morning. We rise up as, a, as, a ham, as an army, as a people, oh God, that you are ministering to. You said you want a church that is sanctified. You want a church that abstains from every form of evil. You want a church that is emboldened, empowered, a church with sanctified imagination. A church, oh God, that will honor you, will live a life of sacredness, a life, oh God, that are not struggling to be, to, you know, to be holy. Holiness comes from a dimension of wholeness, complete, completeness in you. That when we find our life in you, we find our life and see ourselves through your mind, we begin to long for and passionately hunger for Honoring you, pleasing you, glorifying you. We become holy. Holiness is not some things we can carry out by our own. Holiness is a product of a life we live. Holiness himself is not the end. is a means to an end. Halabasayada. is a means to an end. So help us, Father, to embrace wholeness so we can be holy. And so we can then have the mind of Christ. And so we can then live life that honor you and glorify you. We thank you, Father. I thank you for the life of my brothers and my sister. I bind their soul, body, and mind to your divine intention this day. I bring their faculty and mind and that of your church, oh God, to a day where we begin to receive cleansing. Cleanse us. Cleanse us. Your word is the instrument of cleansing. May your word cleanse us. May your word wash us. May your word purify us. That's why, friends, you have to daily live in that harmonious reality of the speakings of God's word. It cleanses your mind. It cleanses your life. Father, we receive cleansing. We receive washing. We receive purification. We receive sanctification. We receive a sanctification. We bind our mind to your mind. We bind our thought to your thought. We bind our emotions to your emotion. We bind our faculties to your faculty. We proclaim this day, Spirit of the Lord, that we have no life outside the structural order of the culture of your kingdom. So we pray.
pray this morning, may your kingdom come into our life and through our life, oh God, to impact our environment. We thank you. Grant us strength and grace to live in peace because we embrace sanctification. Sanctify us, spirit, soul, and body. Keep us blameless even unto the days of your coming. We embrace oneness with you. We journey in truth. We journey in grace. Lord, help us not just to embrace the letter, but the spirit of your word. Because the letter kills, it is the spirit that gives life. We receive life. We are partakers of the tree of life. We discard what is designed and defined as the, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Thank you, Spirit of God, this morning as we engage another new day, another new week, another new season. We declare that Christ reigns in us. Christ reigns through us. Our bodies surrender and submit to the authority, to the government of Christ, to the administrations of God. We declare in Jesus' name that it is no longer us who lives, but Christ who lives in us. For the life we live in this body, in this flesh, we live in the faith of the Son of God who loved us and died for us. We will not misrepresent Christ. Come on, friends, say with me. I will not misrepresent Christ. I will live my life in the order, in the structure, in the will, and in the government of Christ. This day, I will go out there. I will represent. I will manifest. I will administrate the government of God. I proclaim. I receive knowledge, wisdom, inspiration, courage, capacity to reflect, to represent, to showcase, to manifest, to manifest the life of Christ. In the name of Jesus, this day, I am a partaker of the tree, of the fruit, of the tree of life. In the name of Jesus, I receive the baptism of fire over my life. It purifies me. It purifies me that I may show forth the glory and the praise of God. I receive the ministry of fire. Your word says, Father, that in the last day, you will send the ministry of Elijah. The ministry of Elijah is the ministry of fire. I receive the ministry of fire for the purification of my life. Burn everything that is of the flesh away. In the name of Jesus, I proclaim this day, I have a standing before the Father. I have a position before the Father. I am liberated from the shackles of bondage. Because of the anointing, the yoke is the straw. The yoke of bondage, the yoke of slavery, the yoke of the soulish life is destroyed. My soul this day submits to the authority of the Spirit. I proclaim I'm aligned to the authorities of God. I live this day in accordance to the eternal will of God. I believe that Christ, my God, is my Lord, is my Savior, is my King, is my Lord, is my Savior. I live in Him. I move in him. I have my being in him. I live to glorify him in everything that I do. May the words of my mouth 
and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in his sight. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We glorify you. May your will continue to have his way in our, in our lives, oh God. Continue to perfect your desire in us. For your glory, we thank you. We bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, come to the end of today's uh, live broadcast, uh, Beyond Devotional Broadcast. I want to believe that this word, amen, has brought so much uh, uh, insights, capacity, grace, strength, courage into your space and into your life. This is my desire that will continue to bring the word of God across your way in such a way that will minister relevance to you. We want to live life outside the boundaries of what we see today that has been defined as church. We want to come into the day of the kingdom. We want to come into the day of the kingdom. And for us to do that, we have to embrace kingdom principle, kingdom values. And to do that, we have to become like a child. The Bible says, except we become like a child, meaning that we are teachable. All right? That's just basically what it means, that we are teachable. All right, children are teachable. All right, so we want to thank you so much for connecting with us. Thank you so much. May the Lord continue to bless you and empower you. Hopefully, I might just come back later to do uh, um, continue our teaching. Amen. Our series on pattern for living. Such, such, such a timely message. If you have not listened or you've not been listening to uh, the series that we've been doing on Pattern for Living, I beg you, please go and look for those uh, uh, series. You, you connect with us. Just check on my timeline or you can connect uh, uh, through my um, website. You can connect through our website. Amen. Pattern for Living. Some beautiful materials. It will change your life. All right. And please share share this message. Share the links. Tell somebody. Share this video with people. Amen. Let them know what God is doing. Let them hear a different sound from the usual they're hearing. Amen. Thank you so much, everyone. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye bye.